everybody, welcome to this edition of the UGA Sports Live. I am your host, Roddy DeBulsey. I am joined by Dane Young and the Hall of Famer himself, Jim Donnan, former head coach of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, and the reason everybody is tuning in. We say that every week because it is very, very true. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, the dogs are now 6-0, uh, bowl eligible. L- luckily, they achieved that benchmark. We have a lot to talk about from last weekend, uh, going into a huge game with Kentucky. It's not a basketball game. This is a really big game with Kentucky. We're going to talk about that. We will answer your questions. Uh, we just have a few things we want to do when we start the show. We want to thank uh, our friends here at Classic City Eats, where I'm uh, parked uh, parked my big butt over here to eat some food and uh, check out the decorations and enjoy the atmosphere here. I want to thank our friends at Academia Brewing Company for uh, also sponsoring the show. Athens Ford, who sponsors our show and our watch-along. Our friends at Dead Soxy. Uh, they're one of our newest sponsors and great friends of ours. And, of course, our friends over at Europe. So shout out to all of our sponsors who sponsor the show. And we hope you will be a patron of them as well. And I will kind of jump right into it, Coach. Uh, we had a question from uh, UJLM95. And I, I, normally I kind of just get your overall thoughts on the Auburn game or the previous week's game before we start looking ahead. But I thought uh, UJLM95 brought up a good question. And he asked, what did – the Auburn game teach us about Georgia's defense. Is there anything that you can take away from that? And what else did we learn from this past game? Well, one of the things that happened in the game is Chris Smith got hurt, our safety. Uh, and when you get an injury to a kind of quarterback back there, it makes a little bit different. But uh, Jackson came in and did a good job. And, uh, you know, without question, uh, we miss Smith, and we're probably going to miss him this week. I hope he can come back. But anytime you get your shoulder dislocated or come out and then they put it back in, it's a very uh, painful deal, particularly as a defensive back. But as far as weaknesses, you, you know, we don't have anything that is just an outlying, you know, weakness that uh, somebody can go down after down. But we have some personnel that have some limited skill levels that aren't as good as some of the others we got. And, you know, Brandy's a really good defensive back. I mean, he he's come on and played well. He's a good tackler. He's a very good uh, uh, knowledgeable how to play the star position. But there's no question that Mike Bobo, part of his game plan was based on our personnel, which is really good out of the people that he's going to attack. He went after Brady, I think seven or eight times he threw the ball in his area and completed seven passes out of eight. Uh, so uh, nothing that really hurt us that bad, but the one play that he made on the goal line was humongous when he knocked the ball down. And regardless whether Bo Nix thinks it's interference or not, it, it wasn't a call. So I think answering his question is, you know, we aren't a, an outstanding secondary yet. We've improved so much from the first of the year. We, we play good with everybody else around us, with our front, with the uh, rush we got. And uh, we're going to we're gonna have balls completed against us. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, you got skill level with these guys. And uh, fortunately, we talked about it on the Watch Along show. One of the things that really helped us the other day was the drops. I mean, just because you call a pass, there's three things that can happen to it. You got to protect. You got to throw it. You got to catch it. And they uh, they dropped some, and that helped us a little bit to keep drives from uh, continuing. But I would just say we don't have any major weaknesses on our defense at all. It's just that we're not as good in the secondary as we are up front. That's just that's yeah. a given there. Uh, offensively. I thought we uh, showed, even though we're down to our sixth, seventh, and eighth receivers as far as depth, these guys stepped up. Uh, McConkie had a great game. Uh, Mitchell did a good job. And uh, those guys stepped in there and, and did what we needed to. Uh, so even though we're lacking our star performers, Pickens, you know, uh, Burton, uh, all those guys, it was Rosemary, uh, these guys are going to hopefully get back. But they're going to have a hard time getting in there as long as these guys are continuing to play like that. So uh, uh, it was a great road win in front of a really loud crowd and, uh, you know, just continuing the complete ass-whipping of Auburn, 11-3 and three out of the last 14. I mean, uh, you know, we were 2-3 and three when I was here and really should have won another one. But 
that's just a dominant. I guess one of your major, uh, among the major people that we need to beat. We're 11 and three in the last 14. That's unreal. That is a, uh, a, a curb stopping. That's just, the, the numbers boggle the mind. I think it's, there's Georgia's 16 of 21 too. When he's, again, I always, those are always, you know, a little bit of cherry picking because why, why did you go 21 and not 22 and stuff like that? But no, that has been an absolute utter uh, ownage. And you could, if you go read the Auburn boards, go read the Auburn message boards, um, you can tell it's, it's it's frustrating. They're they're starting to hate Georgia more than Alabama. It's uh, because they feel that like they should be able to win more of those games. So it's 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 fun to watch. Dana, I want to get your take on this. Looking back at the game, Lad McConkey named SEC Freshman uh, of the Week, which well deserved, well earned. Guy had a had a great game. But if you told me back around, let's say uh, August fourth, that against a top twenty Auburn team. It would be Stetson Bennett throwing to a receiver for Georgia, Lad McConkey, who didn't have any Power Five offers before Georgia offered him, and your leading tackler would be a walk-on safety. And I'd be looking at all those Georgia players that you have who should be ahead of those guys, and I'd be like, "There's no way Georgia wins that game." And I think most people probably would agree with you, but this is one reason that like practice at Georgia is so crucial, right? When you're thinking of uh, Stetson Bennett to Ladd McConkey, it's not like that just started in the last two weeks. What do you think they were doing last year in practice at the end of the year when McConkey's learning how to play the position? Oh, he's got an experienced quarterback. They were set to throw to him who's been a starter in the year and then kind of gets benched and, uh, and that's where we're at. But I think the exciting thing for Georgia is some of those positions that seem the weaker at the beginning, and maybe they still are in terms of depth, wide receiver, especially with the health there. And then in the secondary, you're seeing some guys really emerge in those positions and show a lot of growth in the last six weeks, particularly Keely Ringo uh, is, is doing a great job in individual coverage and not drawing penalty flags. And it took a perfect pass from Bo Nix to beat him on one of like only two or three times he's been beaten this season. Uh, so Keely Ringo, I think, is really becoming a star player for the, for the Bulldogs. You see McConkey doing the same thing on the other side. I'd be curious to see, you mentioned Dan Jackson, if he becomes the starter because of the injuries back there. I have to think that some opponent is going to say, okay, let's try to stretch him vertically. Let's try to attack at him because no team has done that yet. And I, he can hold his own, I think, but... You know, in the spring game, we saw George do the same thing when he was out there. Yeah, I thought his uh, coach, I thought it was very impressive that uh, Roderick Jones was called on. It wasn't, uh, I mean, he had to come in when Jamari Sawyer went down. He came in, I thought, between Roderick Jones and Darnell Washington, those two came in. It didn't look like one was inexperienced and one was coming back from injury. And again, this is just the uh, casual observer. I, I don't have the eye that you do. But I was very impressed with how these guys were actually out there blocking. They looked, I don't want to say Georgia didn't miss a beat because that's not true, but they, they looked good. Give me your thoughts on uh, Darnell Washington and Broderick Jones coming in and how they fared. Yeah, first of all, Broderick, I mean, that's a pretty massive thing to come in at left tackle on national television and <laughs> uh, not get exposed. I mean, he never had any, you know, really bad plays. Uh, he, he doesn't didn't uh, perform uh, right at the point of attack with the physicality, I use that word for name, that you would think that he probably would, but more than more than anything, he was making sure he didn't, you know, just make a mental error. So his confidence has to be built up with that game and maybe he can get a little bit more, use his physical ability to get more dominant at the line of scrimmage and that we'll probably see more of that. But I thought overall it was a good performance by him. And then Washington, just getting his feet under him, you know. By that, I mean just uh, getting confidence in his foot. I mean, when you've got that much body to carry around and you've got to put all that weight on your foot, that's a lot of the pressure on you. And so he he looked a lot more fluid this week than he did last week. He just kind of had a little gait to him last week, and I think he's not favoring it like he was. And, uh, you know, the, the pass was a little bit behind him, but, uh, you know, made a good catch. And, I can see us using some of that 13 personnel. You know, in the pros, they do that a lot where they put three tight ends in and then let them kind of jojo around where one guy will be wide and one guy will line up a wing and another guy tight end. I could see that with our receiver situation coming forward with uh, Bowers being the wide guy and then maybe 
Fitzpatrick on the line and uh, using uh, Washington in motion and really doing a good job of uh, protecting the backside and doing things like he does. So two really good guys to come in that haven't played much all year and do a good job, one because he's hurt, another because he's second team. But I'm happy with uh, with the way our line really – I mean, you look at what our line's done – Ever since the Clemson game, this really has improved dramatically. I think the most improvement of any part. We have very few sacks. We have very few lost yardage plays. And really what was unreal playing in a stadium like that, not any motion penalties or offside penalties. Uh, you know, it's very good. I didn't think about that. You're right. Very good indication of the discipline that Todd Munkin has instilled in this team. And Coach Luke and the guys worked on it. I'll tell you, they, they use that uh, – that noise in the indoor building when they practice indoors and it's just overwhelming how loud it is. And, you know, I think it gets a point where Kirby just head hurts. So he cuts it off. It's so loud. So uh, it's, it's really a good way to practice though. I mean, you know, you, you get an idea of what the noise is like. Cause, uh, and we talked about it too on the show last week, first quarter if Auburn gets some juice, you know, get out there and get the crowd in the game. It's going to help them. That's exactly what happened. We only had two possessions in the first quarter, and then we scored 17 points in the second, which really turned the game around. But, uh, you know, that's what happens when you're on the road. You never know. And that's what's going to happen to Kentucky this week. This football team has done a good job all year, but they played five games in the friendly confines of Kroger Field. Five out of six. They played one game on the road and kind of peed down their leg when they played in South Carolina. I mean, a lot of turnovers, a lot of mistakes, and I guarantee they're going to come in a really rowdy-looking group here now. You talk about somebody that's going to be ready Saturday. If we were ready at 12 o'clock for uh, that, that Arkansas Razorback team, we're going to be up to the max for this Kentucky team at 3.30. It'll be, it'll be rocking and rolling there in Sanford Stadium. Yeah, I go back to uh, – well, actually, the, the, fan, the students – ready at 10.30 for that uh, 12 o'clock kickoff against Arkansas. They, uh, the recruits that were in town, there were a lot of them. And it's, uh, I said this in, their, in my 3 one call last week. When you find out uh, when some of these names pop uh, when in the recruiting world when these guys make decisions and some of them wind up coming to Georgia and you start tracing it back, you're going to see a lot of those kids were at that Arkansas game. That game impressed them. And they're going to have a loaded house this coming uh, Saturday, a lot of top talents coming to town. Uh, to watch this 3:30 game with the <laughs> game day, you know, on campus again, second time in three weeks, third time this season they've been on site for a Georgia game. That tells you things are uh, changing up. Georgia's number one right now in the nation. Hadn't been there in the AP poll since what 83. Uh, just a different feel about this year, a different feel about this team. But um, I was thinking about the offensive line and the, kind of the the difference. Well, I guess the reason it feels different to me, Dane, is we always talk about, you know, for the longest time there's always defense wins championships, and then everyone started refiguring that when LSU had its run and Alabama had its uh, success, you know, with these high-powered quarterbacks and high-powered wide receivers. But all of a sudden, to me, that it does feel like defense wins championships. Yeah, Georgia's scoring about 40 points a game, but you bring that Auburn team into the game that's averaging 246 yards a game or 230, something well over 200 yards rushing, that, that rushing team. And they got stonewalled. Absolutely stonewalled. I think, I think that's ridiculous, though, because Auburn hasn't rushed the ball at all against anybody any good. So uh, Yeah, nobody good, but it's still, Coach, yeah. that defensive front, is, it, it's why, to me, yeah, it's why it's all year feel different. Our defensive front's really good. I mean, awesome, but Auburn's stats, we talked about last week. I mean, Auburn is not a very good football team right now. They're struggling. They're looking, they got no receivers except Robinson. They got very limited secondary. Uh, you know, it's a team that you got to beat, but at the same time, they're going to have a hard time winning. Uh, they'll probably beat South Carolina, but I don't know who else they're going to beat in the, in the, uh, in the uh, rest of the year. What do you guys think? They got to play Ole Miss. They got to play Mississippi State. They got to play uh, Alabama. They got to play this week against uh, a very good um, Arkansas team. Uh, I just, I mean, if you look at Auburn and you look at, uh, here's the other thing that just got my attention was that we shut down about as bad as you can shut down Arkansas. I mean, they had their legs between their legs. 
between their, I mean, their heads between their legs when they left. And I'm just going to tell you, I watched them against Ole Miss. They almost had 700 yards and 51 points. I mean, and they got 200 yards and zero points against us, and 100 about 100 of them was against the rest of the of our third team group in the fourth quarter. So, but um, realistically, what time is it? 12:20 today. Yeah. You know, we really haven't played anybody. Who have we played? I mean. That's the thing that, uh, you know, all of us got to realize we're dominant, but you know, we play teams that are ranked, but I don't know. They aren't ranked after we play them. They don't end up. I mean, Auburn's not going to be in the top 20. Arkansas might be in the top 20. Clemson's still trying to get in the top 20. So this Kentucky team's ranked in the top 10, but we're going to do the same thing to them. <laughs> we're going to get after them, but it's it's nobody's fault. We just we got, It's a really good schedule we got. I mean, they ain't played nobody, Dane. It's a great wow. schedule, and, and Coach is right. I mean, Chattanooga beat Kentucky for three and a half quarters, and if a ball doesn't bounce a weird way, maybe Kentucky has one loss to Chattanooga and, and is undefeated otherwise. Um, but, you know, that's the way the schedule breaks for Georgia. And it's also massively helpful that after this game, both Georgia and Kentucky get the bye week because these are two teams that are quite beat up. And the injuries that we talk about are the ones that prevent people from playing. Well, the ones that are playing have injuries too. And uh, those are things that they're playing through. And that kind of tells you the pain tolerance of the team. Georgia needs a bye week, but there's a, a big matchup before them. Yeah, I want, one thing I also would contribute here that I copied off Roddy during that watch-along show. He listed all the guys that we uh, we we had that are injured. And, you know, when you look at our two deep, our top 44, we got like 14 or 15 guys that are missing games out of our top 44. That's a real tribute to our team and our coaches, and, and it's the program itself. And when I say we haven't played anybody, I don't mean we've we've dominated because, uh, you know, we're just better than these other teams. I mean, there's no question about it. That's not uh, their fault. I, I mean, I'm, great, it's, I'm happy about our team being better, but uh, – I don't know when we're going to play anybody even close to us. Maybe Florida. I don't know. Kentucky. Who knows? I mean, when you get when you're playing an undefeated team, and you're uh, Las Vegas got you twenty four point favorite. I mean, that pretty much shows you what everybody thinks about who you know who's what. But you know, as Herbie talked about, this is a good team. They can run the ball. They're a better passing team than they were. Their defense is solid, but you know, they're, they're going to be without two of their top defensive linemen, and that's that doesn't speak real good when you're coming into Sanford Stadium. So I'm not just discounting Kentucky. we got to go beat them, but uh, at the same time, it's a team we should beat. I would not be surprised if Georgia, much like it did against Arkansas, goes out and just runs straight at Kentucky and says, you stop our running backs, you stop our offensive line, and uh, we're fine winning that way. And I think Georgia's got a shot to rush for a lot of yards in this game. Yeah, you watch the Missouri stats. I mean, look, Missouri, a team that's fighting for its life out there, went up and down the field against Kentucky. Florida had the ball the whole game but had 15 penalties and, uh, you know, really twice as many offensive yards as they had and the first downs, everything. But, in the end, had a field goal block. So, I mean, this Kentucky team, we talked about it on our Around the League show. We call them the Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, they got nine lives. and I mean, they're down to their eighth or ninth one now. I think they're going to, you know, hopefully, you know, it's one of those games that I'm real cautious about just because, you know, you know things can't be that great. But at the same time, based on paper, we should be okay against these guys. Well, Kirby was uh, very – complimentary of Kentucky's offensive line saying he said there's no question this is the best offensive line that they have seen the Georgia seen this year he said look they got all those guys that came back they got transfers um, and this is, should be a true test and if Auburn wasn't a true test of you know Georgia being able to stop the run I think the Arkansas one was pretty pretty good test and Georgia shut them down and held them scoreless but this week will be very interesting when you have a very solid offensive line and uh I'm looking forward to seeing what Jalen Carter, Devontae White, Jordan Davis, Trayvon right. Walker, those guys do that. Uh, Coach, how do you prepare for a group like this? 
This is probably the best team we're playing. I mean, except for Clemson's defense, this is probably the best team uh, we've played to this point because of their flexibility on offense, good running back. They got Wondell Robinson transferred in from Nebraska, really good receiver, kind of like Van that played for South Carolina. They did a pretty good job against us. And Rodriguez is a really good back. Uh, the, the quarterback, Levi, has done a good job of uh, – you know, coming in for a transfer from Penn State, and he's giving them a little juice. He got a new coordinator on offense, so they'll they'll definitely test us. There's no question. Yeah, give a shout out to our friends here at Classic City Eats. I'm in the uh, I'm over by the game room. The uh, golf uh, simulators in the back corner there. Uh, I've got some great food out here. I'll turn that around. Y'all can see uh, see what I'll be uh, teasing my uh, coworkers here with. That's the uh, chicken tender plates. And then uh, on the other side, we got those wings there. That's their uh, citrus pepper wings, Coach. I know you you like the citrus pepper, so we got those as well. And of course, all the uh, fun decorations and such. Uh, the witches going on there. But the reason I bring them up because you know I always talk about Athens Ford, but Athens Ford is actually going to sponsor the fall festivals being held here at Classic City East uh, on October twenty third, next Saturday. Classic City Eats is going to be hosting their fall festival with, uh, here at the restaurant, and it's being sponsored by Athens Ford with games and prizes for the kids all afternoon, followed by a Ford trucker treat in the parking lot at dark. So if you're trying to figure out what you want to do, where you want to go, want to come to a fun event next Saturday, the bye week, come out to Classic City Eats with all the, and they have tons of other decorations in the place. There's it's all kind of fun, spooky stuff. Uh, but there will be a Athens Ford truck or treat out here at the uh, at Classic City Eats. So you get a chance to check them out. And a big shout out to Athens Ford for also sponsoring the uh, lights that are coming to the uh, Botanical Gardens of Georgia. Uh, they're, they're sponsoring that. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, my wife was over there walking the trails the other day. She was talking about all the different lights they're putting in, how they're decorating all the trees. Uh, and again, Athens Ford takes care of the community that it's in, even out here in Watkinsville. So uh, shout out to Athens Ford for being a great uh, sponsor of our show. And if you need a new vehicle or pre-owned vehicles, swing by, grab one. Get a lifetime powertrain warranty on the vehicles out there. They have 1.9% uh, financing for 60 months for qualified buyers on most of their brand new vehicles. So hit them up when you get a chance. And Dave, if you would, bring up the Dead Soxie website if you get a chance. Because I want to mention that the fact that Georgia 6 no, and I was joking when they became a sponsor of the show, I said, look, Dead socks. Here are your new lucky socks. They have all those red and black socks, and they look so sharp. You know, uh, they have the no shows that I like to wear when I go do all my walking, and then they have the striped ones, the dotted ones, all the fantastic black and white colors on their uh, 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 alumni. I was trying to remember the alumni packages. So they make socks for Georgia fans. They make socks for LSU fans. They're two old Miss grads. You know. Uh, they make socks for every, you know, just about every fan base out there. They got some new styles coming that we'll talk about later on. But when you get a chance, check out Dead Socks. They are huge, huge sponsors of our show, and they make great stuff. What I like is the fact that they have um, the true state technology. They actually invented and patented a technology, a sock technology, to keep your socks up. So, uh, for somebody who, with me who has big calves, big fat calves. The sliding down socks was a pain. These don't slide down on me. And since it become a sponsor, George has been blowing everybody out. I made a joke that they would get your, come get your new lucky socks. But damn, if they're not lucky. So uh, when you get a chance, check out our friends at uh, uh, Dead Socks. Use promo code UGA Sports to get a huge discount on the red and black socks, the Georgia collection out of Dead Socks. Hey, Roddy, do me a favor and describe uh, what is over your left shoulder for our audio only audience describe ah. what that looks like over your shoulder over my left shoulder we've got the uh pirates of penzance there it's uh a bunch of uh skeletons with the uh head scarves on they kind of look like a bunch of dead pirates they kind of uh, look like uh, ed odoron's head coaching career to me oh oh, oh. Mm. yeah and they all have uh plates here from classic city eats it's basically a table full of uh skeletons that are sitting there as if they're having a meal or having or had their last meal, and if you're going to have the last meal, hell, might as well eat it here at Classic City Eats. And for folks that can't see, there's witches here, there's cobwebs, there's tombstones, a bunch of high quality fun stuff. So get a chance we'll, to check it out. We'll talk about it on Around the League this week, but uh, LSU 
now they were already without, without Derek Stingley, but now being out uh, without Keishon Butte, who I think is the best yeah. receiver in the country, um, it, it's a bad world of hurt for the Tigers. I don't know if they're going to get bowl eligible at this rate. Yeah, they got a tough road to hold. Got the Gators coming in this week, but uh, you know they they certainly uh, had a hard time with Kentucky. That's for sure. Just you know, finally got a little running game going, but couldn't protect Johnson, and they couldn't get off the field on defense. I mean, just a very poor performance by LSU, and a great win for Kentucky with the you know when everybody was counting on them to, including myself, to maybe have a bit, bit of a letdown. But uh, boy, they just played really well. Because I know we always focus on Georgia, but to me, one of the biggest you know storylines coming out of this past week was not you know a Georgia going down and you know, stomping uh, Auburn. And the game that I was worried about when we started to watch along, I said I'm just nervous about this game because I'm always nervous about playing Auburn, even though there shouldn't be. But it's just you never know what's going to happen when you go to a uh, someone else's stadium, which is exactly what happened when Alabama went to Texas A&M. They went into an unranked Texas A&M stadium. That place was loud as hell and. Alabama, the number one team in the nation, leaves with a loss, first loss to a unranked team in 100 tries, something like that. What does that tell – what did you see in that Alabama? Because Georgia and Alabama are going to face each other at some point. I still think that they're going to win the West and Georgia will face them in the SEC championship game, if not somewhere in the playoffs. Give me your thoughts on Alabama this year. There's a classic uh, case of an ex-coach going against his mentor, uh, not only uh, Coach – uh, Jimbo Fisher, but James Coley, who uh, knows how to go against that uh, Kirby Smart defense, uh, you know, they, they really attacked them. They used their formations. They used their uh, quick counts to uh, keep them from getting lined up. Uh, they did a really good job of attacking their safeties uh, and just an unbelievable game plan. And Zach Calzada had an out-of-body experience. <laughs> this kid came out there and I'm so happy I'm so happy for him that he played that you know we, we've been hearing about his good arm and all but he you know it's inconsistency but a lot of pressure on him you know but here's a team that only scored 10 points against Colorado um, among the worst teams in the country and they go out there and go up and down the field against Alabama and uh, based on my first couple comments just the way they knew what Alabama was going to be in they tacked it they're different areas that really their defense is not good about. And then uh, they played great red zone defense. They kept them to field goals. And a lot of that was Alabama's uh, philosophy. I mean, they're at the end of the game. They're down six points and got the ball uh, on the three-yard line and, and throw three consecutive passes. When they got a running back, you can hammer and tongue. you like, well, I would at least let him run it once. And, uh, you know, it just turned out to be uh, – a tremendous win. I thought Alabama had turned the tables and had the game, but then here comes same here. Here comes uh, the Aggies back with a, a great drive, and then they re- did the same thing. They got them in man coverage and attacked for safety. They went after a battle a lot like uh, you know uh, Bo Nix went after uh, Brady. But uh, I think uh, you know when you get man coverage and you got good corners and you got good you know you got to pick a guy to go against, and it's not that the guy is not that good, but it's just, you know, you, you pick your poison there about where you want to go. And uh, I don't know pick your poison, but I, you pick pick what you think is the best percentage throw for you. Yeah. So the other thing that was really dynamic about it was A&M had two losses. Everybody had put them away for dead. They lost to Mississippi State on the last play of the game, kind of speak. And they lost at home to, uh, I mean, on in a neutral site to uh, a very good Arkansas team. And. But, you know, when you lose your quarterback and you're fighting to get identity, uh, they really showed some good coaching. I thought it was just a tremendous uh, game plan. And as a former coach, uh, I really watched the intricacies of why people do things and how they go about it. And I thought it was not only a good game plan, it was a brilliant tactical ploy the way they pull their their, their kids together. <laughs> Their formations, they put their, uh, you know, their their good uh, tight end instead of lining him up inside uh, on the slot. Sometimes they put him outside, and then when they would release, then they'd bring him back inside to cross like that and confuse the safety. Just little things like that that just uh, you and Dane pick up all the time, so I'm not going <laughs> forward. But uh, it was just a lot of little subtle things that were just a fantastic game plan. 
and the players did a good job of uh, of taking care of it, and, and the fans. I mean, good lord, uh, that was just an unbelievable atmosphere. And uh, but the one common denominator that you take into account for every loss that this team ever has at Alabama is brilliant quarterback play. Johnny Manziel. Uh, you just go down to you know Joe Burrow, Watson, Burrow, Stephen uh, Garcia, Lawrence, whoever it might be. Quarterbacks have those games that you you know take take into their they take to the rest home. When hey, one day back in 2021, I, I lit up Alabama, and that's what you got to have. You got to have a guy that can make the third down throws, make keep the team on the field, and. Uh, you know, it, it was just a tremendous win. I mean, and it's pretty obvious Alabama is not. We've talked about it after the, the Florida game. Uh, their, their defense has big issues, really big. They can't rush the passer. They can't play the ball in the air. They're really bad tackling in space. And offensively, you know, they're, they're struggling to get big plays out of their wide receivers. They, you just don't see guys running down the field on chunk plays. So they're having to drive the ball. But uh, I know I'm talking a lot, but I, I guarantee you, <laughs> I mean, right now, things look good for us if we'll just keep improving and get some of our healthy guys back because the, this Alabama defense is uh, a really one that uh, – that's something that uh, you don't really see very often from them. I thought it's going to be improved this year, but I was wrong on that. I don't always pick up on the subtle things, Coach, but the thing I did pick up on is that when Alabama blocks that punt and scores a touchdown, typically that's kind of the beginning of the end or the beginning of the comeback. When A&M comes back and then runs the kickoff back for a touchdown, complete game changer in terms of momentum and atmosphere. So special teams, once again. But seriously – that was as close to looking like a guy got shot out of Cape Canaveral as I've ever seen a guy run that kickoff back. Unbelievable. I mean, he, he runs like a 10, 100 meter anyhow. I mean, and that's, that's another thing that excites me because I think we're going to have Arian Smith back hopefully this week. And he's got that kind of speed too. But I mean, when you hit that gash like that and it was over, uh, you know, we talked about it, I think on a text, but. Alabama's coming back now. They got an easy score on a block kick, and you just got to most – they should fold. I mean, they've already lost twice. They should fold. And, unfortunately for Alabama, the kicking game let them down, really let them down. Well, again, for, for folks that are uh, wondering why we speak so much about Alabama, again, this is a team that Georgia's going to face. And when you – I think Coach nailed it, is the little things, the formations, the uh, special teams – you looked at this game and you saw, I'm sure Kirby Smart's making notes, Dan Lanning's making notes, Todd Munkin's making notes, going, okay, we're going to have to face these guys at some point. What do they do? That game film is going to be dissected 800 ways from Sunday. So uh, I know we got some questions, Dan. I'll let you uh, bring those up. But first, I want to mention our friends over. Let me tell you this. It's, it's already been dissected. When the, <laughs> when the team was riding back on the bus, they were watching the Alabama game on the big screen on the bus. So, I mean, it wasn't like these uh, – I mean, they, they were right all over it, that's for sure. Yeah, so, even the players have dissected it. Uh, if you need to dissect your uh, plans for dinner or lunch today, be sure to check out our friends at Europi. Uh, 50, 60, 70 locations all over the southeast, all over the country. You need to check out Europi. And it's Tuesday, so be sure to use the Europi app to order your food. Download the Europi app. Go in. Order your sandwiches, order your uh, salads, order your gelato, order your giant 14-inch pizza, order your custom pizzas, you know, order your custom pastas, and do it on the app and get double points. You get rewarded the more you use the app, and you get rewarded especially on Tuesdays because it's it's double the points on Tuesday. So you definitely want to use that today, order your food. have a fun dinner tonight you know everybody gets their own pizza exactly the way they want it with their own crust with their own sauce their own cheese as many toppings as they want check out our friends at europe they do a great job uh making people happy they make us happy because they sponsor our show and our website and we appreciate that a whole lot and if you're looking for if you're not going to be in the stadium this saturday at 3 30 if you're not here classic city eats you know be sure to swing by our friends at uh academia brewing company watch the game there watch on their giant screen Watch it uh, on all the other TVs they have up all over the place. Watch in their lounge where they have all these couches. It's really comfortable to sit. 
grab the flights of beer, have you know four different types of beer there, and then get another flight and have four more. Then get a third flight, have four more, get an Uber. But they have so many different beers that are try, so many fantastic beers, so many collaboration beers that do. You don't want to mess it. You don't want to. I mean, you need to go buy frequently because stuff keeps changing. And of course, you can take home a bunch of the bottles, uh, excuse me, a bunch of the cans home with you, so that if you can't be in town next week, you know, if you're or you need some good stuff for the bye week, you'll have a ton of great beer that you can take home with you. Right now, the weather's fantastic. They have the outside beer garden. They have tons of Oktoberfest beers out there. Uh, they have Trivia Tuesdays at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, live music on Thursday. Uh, then on the Saturday and Sunday, they have the Beer and Biscuit Brunch. you got to check out our friends at Academia Brewing Company. They're huge dog fans. The guy that put the whole thing together is a Georgia graduate. Hey, support the people who support your school. So reach out to Academia Brewing Company. Let's get into some questions from the dogmen at ugasports.com. Coach, the this beat. one is from Blocker57, and it's in reference to the James Cook catch that was uh, not reviewed, but then it was ruled incomplete. Uh, Blocker wants to know, what's the protocol for in-game reviews from a coaching perspective? Is there a coach in the box who's tasked with watching plays and kind of signaling, hey, we should review this or challenge this? Yeah, there's somebody, I don't know in particular who it is for us, but, that, you know, if it's close like that, we'll challenge it. But, you, you know, from a standpoint of the procedure, the guy in the, in the press box that's working for the, uh, you know, for the SEC will buzz down and say, let's review it. I, I thought they should have reviewed it. But uh, at that point in the game, I mean, I think we were just, uh, you know, w when was it? When did it happen? Uh, it was third quarter, I think. Third quarter. Third quarter. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely reviewable, I think. Uh, Roddy, I'm going to get this next question for you. So if you want to put yourself back on camera, it's, back on it's, yep. it, it's for recruiting. Um, this is, let me yeah. see who this is from. This is from ZXBY140. Please tell the story of Lad, Con Lad McConkey's recruitment. Oh, that's why we kind of asked Kirby about it. And he said that, look, you know, we went, he went in and sat down with that kid. The kid didn't have any power five offers, but Kirby saw the, just the speed and the athleticism and let <sighs> Coach can talk about this more than I can, but I don't know if folks have really realized how much Kirby goes against athletes. Jalen Carter, like his coach always points out, you know, former tight end. When you saw uh, Marius Mims show up, you didn't know if he's going to be a good offensive tackle, but you could just tell he's an athlete. Jordan Davis, under, you know, three star in some places, four star with us. A lot of places that he's too big, you know, or he's uh, carries too much bad weight. They saw an athlete. They saw an athlete in Lad McConkie. They saw an absolute baller. You know, when you go back and look at a lot of the other guys he gets, it's. I think it, it seems to me there's always been the idea get the best offensive guard or get the best offensive tackle. Georgia goes out and gets the best lineman and then figures out where to put him. So Lad McConkie, absolute athlete. A Dan Jackson, absolute athlete. Guys like that who just have more twitch than the next guy, more speed than the next guy, more strength than the next guy, more dynamic playmaking ability. And you've seen that Lad McConkey. That uh, he had that Dominic Blaylock play from last year, that uh, or, or two years ago, when they absolutely torched Auburn at Auburn, the, right down the gap, right down the center of the field. Lad McConkey ran the same thing, same way, and uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. And I, I, I give shout out to Kirby Smart because we weren't talking about well, we beat <coughs> Lad McConkey in the spring, but the fact that and we I put him in my three to one, saying guys, you don't understand how much this kid's going to play and how much Brock Bowers is going to play in this first game. And people are like, what What the hell are you talking about? Sure enough, he balled out because that was happening in in fall camp. So, uh, Coach, to give real quick, it seems to – is it Kirby's philosophy is just best athletes, or am I making too much out of it? Well, they do a good job of uh, – first of all, you're going to, you got coaches that have the area. that They go to all the high schools. They break it down. And then you got position, and you got all these assistant uh, – recruiting people, watching tape all the time. But uh, the best thing you can do is watch a guy live, either in your camp or go watch him play a game or go, in the case of McConkey, then we'll watch him play basketball. And they saw his change of direction, explosiveness, and his ability to run the court, you know, quickness-wise. And uh, you're always looking for that in uh, uh, an athlete. You just can't. There's no substitute for speed. Speed. This game today is all speed related. Uh, size certainly helps, but if you can't run, you can't play in SEC uh, in, in any position. So, I think it's just a, qu a question of uh, 
Kirby doing the, like anybody, uh, you do your homework. But when you get a guy that's maybe not as highly recruited and in the star type deal, and then he does things like that, then people try to make a deal out of it. Hey, boy, you really, you know, that was just a way to pick one out. But they're not interested in any kind of plaudits for picking a guy out. They just do a good job of very seldom do we miss on a guy here. That's one thing I always talk to a coach. I said, hey, you're not going to sign everybody, but don't bring me in a turd. I don't want a guy that can't play dead in the Western movie. I mean, you got to have some guys that, that – uh, It's a four-year mistake, coach. Very good evaluators. And uh, – you got to make make a decision on, on not where he is now, but where he's going to be two, three years down the road. And can he beat Alabama? Can he beat Florida? That I mean, that's the way you base your recruiting. If he can't, then you don't take him. Pro Football Focus's Lad McConkey graded as the second highest receiver, second best receiver in the nation so far this year, which is pretty great. Now it's a small sample size, so I do want to mention that. Yeah, one thing that happens when you catch a 70-yard bomb and a 50-yard bomb in the same game, that really helps your damn uh, coverage as far as not many guys get that. And uh, I'm not taking away from Lad, but, you know, one of the things he does, he does that to our defense. Uh, he, he gets behind you. And I think sometimes it just you're thinking to yourself, this, this guy right here, you know, I'm going to jack him up. I'm going to play him tight. And then all of a oh, yeah. sudden he's running by you. And, uh, you know, he just doesn't have an overwhelming presence physically. But I guarantee you that gets your attention. That tape right there, every defensive back that plays us is going to give him a lot more room now because they realize he can run a double move. He can explode off the line. He can catch the ball underneath. He can run after the catch. You look at the Vanderbilt tape, too. That's some really good stuff for him, too. You know, running the reverse. Uh you know, we had a good guy play for us now who's uh, the uh, special teams guy for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Andy Hill played for me at Missouri. And we call him Tinkerbell. I mean, he was just a little small guy. But, boy, I tell you what, he was physical and he could run deep. And people just couldn't believe it. We ran an 80-yard bomb on the first play of the game against Illinois. And that corner still trying to find where Andy is. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, stuff like that happens to me. But I'm happy for Ladd because uh, – he, he wanted to be play for Georgia, and he had high goals, and he didn't listen to anybody except Kirby Smart. And he, Kirby, hey, if Kirby believes in you, that's good enough. Yep. Roddy, I was talking about the pass catchers stepping up. There was a series that was in the second quarter. Darnell Washington catches the ball across the middle where he sneaks behind the inside linebacker. Ball's just slightly behind him, but he adjusts beautifully, makes a yep. big catch. McConkey then hits the kind of stutter. It wasn't a full double move, but it completely shook the Auburn defender. Goes down, catches that pass, and then A.D. Mitchell with Coach, who said it was a professional route in the end zone. It was beautiful. Yeah, that in-and-out move by uh, Mitchell was just very typical of the way Cortez Hankin coaches them and the Munkin puts those plays in. I mean, that's a pro goal line move. I mean, you know, people run the fade stop and the back shoulder and all that, but not a lot of people come inside and uh, give you that double move inside and then plant and go back out. A lot of times you do that with a slot, but uh, a wide receiver – most times uh, when you're playing a guy on the goal line, you're going to be playing inside technique and forcing him out and try to widen him out, you know, into the boundary and play the boundary and the ball and force him out. But uh, if you're inside, it's hard to, to get inside a guy. And he got inside of him very quickly. And then that guy's struggling. He thinks he's going to run a crossing route. And then he takes a step to cover the crossing route and he plants back to the outside and then, Stetson just hit him right on the numbers. It was it was brilliant. I mean, it just makes my mouth water to watch that technique. I love it because, you know, defensive back coaches said, hey, we're lined up inside. You're not going to go inside us. And then, hey, why'd you let him inside? I mean, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Speaking of wide receivers, question from Lake Norman Dog. Uh, when does Coach Donnan expect to see George Pickens back? You know, one of the things that we found out about on our Watch Long show that uh, – was George Pickens made the trip last week. And the reason he did was his surgeon, uh, Dr. James Andrews, uh, is a team doctor for Alabama and Auburn, you know, and a very world-renowned specialist. And uh, Kirby and Ron Corson, our athletic trainer, felt like it'd be a good chance for him to get the once-over on him. And 
talked to him a little bit, how he felt like he's progressing. And of course, we, we don't know exactly what Dr. Andrews said, but uh, I think the fact that he's at that point that, that they would take him down there to look at him, it's got to make him make me feel like you want the, the master's approval here. Now, hey, what can you do from here on in? And he's had everything go for him pretty good. He's out there running, and uh, uh, he, he certainly acts like he wants to play. I mean, uh, we've got another week here off, and then we play Florida. I don't know. I can't say, but, you know, uh, say a little prayer every night that hope he plays against Florida because I promise you that, that makes a lot of difference in our team. If he's just lined up out there, I mean, if he could just line up there and just be a decoy and then not do anything, it'd, it'd be unreal. But I'd say he's he's definitely come a long way for sure. Uh, and for me to project what's going to happen would be, you know, fool's goal at this point. But just the fact they took him down there to let Dr. Andrews look at him got to feel like he's, he's worth looking at. And they wouldn't have taken him down there if they didn't want the guy to check him out. I mean. Question from Obi-Wan. How, as a staff, do you avoid letdowns when your team is coming off five or six consecutive very impressive performances? You know, that's the one thing that I feel, feel like we haven't had many letdowns here uh, since Kirby's been. You know, we had the bad game against South Carolina, but that wasn't a letdown. It's just a case of ineffectiveness as far as, you know, turnovers. And uh, our defense played really good. They didn't get the red zone, but. As far as what we do, our practices, our, Kirby's got a really good pulse. I heard him yesterday in a press conference talk about we played two real physical games where our team played a little bit longer than they did in the runaway games like they did against South Carolina and Vanderbilt and UAB. And so uh, yesterday they cut back on practice a little bit just to let the kids get their legs under them. And, uh, but the thing we do is we practice hard against each other. And, I mean, it's self-survival out there. If you're going against Carter and Davis and – all those guys and DBs are going against our wide receivers. I mean, uh, we do a lot of good on good, and it makes you better. But if you're not out there doing your best and you got a GPS on, let me just tell you, it's just like a guy that's got a bad heart. He's got a heart monitor, and if something's going wrong, the doctor's going to look at it. And I guarantee you, if your GPS ain't going 100 miles an hour, Kirby's going to be on your ass in a New York minute. So you better be ready out there to go. And we got a guy monitoring that over there. I mean, a guy's over there in the end zone, and he's got, all, he's got all those guys' GPS. And, you know, uh, coaches can't read the GPS because they're doing all that. But that, that guy sent a message out there, hey, such and so, you know, he's not going. And, boy, I tell you, when you get that kind of message that your GPS isn't going like it needs to be, those <laughs> 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 Those players don't need that. And we don't ever get that much because they know. Uh, and you watch Kirby in these press conferences and everything. He talks about what he believes in, and that's what the players believe in. Hey, we're going to get better in practice. I mean, it's hard to understand that. But I would say this. Our team has made dramatic improvement in the passing game on the uh, pass defense. Uh, we're around the ball. I mean, we're, we're close to knocking the ball now. We're not getting many turnovers, but – we're getting close. We've got a great tip drill by Nicole Dean. And I tell you, I watch that film on live that you do, and it's a tremendous thing you and Brent put together and uh, showed Nicole Dean just getting up the way he got up. You know, he's on the sideline. He does a little acrobatic get up. That's one thing I always look at as an athlete or non-athlete. You go watch a, a kid, and when, when, he gets, when he's on the ground, first of all, if he's on the ground a lot, he can't play. <laughs> but if, he if he's on the ground and then he has to put his hand down to get up and he can't get up without using the, somebody to help him or, you know, if a guy can just jump up off the ground, uh, then that's an athletic type guy. If he, if he has to use the ground to get up, hey, he ain't come to play for me. I mean, he just sprung up from his back to his feet, and that's with, like, all the pads. And, and I'm thinking, like, you know, most people can't do anything close to that with nothing on, but with shoulder that's, pads, that's crazy. Impressive. That was impressive. Yeah. I mean, saying, go, go ahead, Coach. I mean, it's impressive. I mean, this yeah. is I look back at uh, guys like Malik Herring doing uh, backhand springs and uh, Miko Harmon and uh, Akil Crumpton and Isaiah McKenzie, guys who are just lightning fast and uh, great athletes. That's you see it and stuff like that. No Sean Marino bouncing up off the ground, running back to the uh, official to hand him the ball, you know, then running back to the huddle to get the ball again. 
there's just something special about those pure athletes that you just uh they're really fun to watch so yeah you uh, show me a guy and do a backflip uh i'll show you guys probably even getting drafted or like you say those offensive linemen that dunk or dunking balls and uh i think georgia has three maybe four got dylan fairchild Oldham, uh, uh uh blasky webb my wrestlers yeah you got a bunch of wrestlers state champs Give me a bunch of uh, wrestling guys. You know, guys that play are great basketball players. Guys that are great wrestlers. Guys that are great in track. You know, you have a, like a world class sprinter in Aaron Smith. Getting him back would be big. So it's a it's, it's a fun group to watch. Question from KCKD: Is there any position group for Kentucky that is even or uh, better than Georgia? Hmm. I'd say their offensive line, just going to experience, is the fact that they they've got a some guys that are comparable to us so you know you got a really stalwart guy in that one player and then they they picked up a good transfer roddy mentioned lsu left tackles playing there and he's playing good for him uh, you know I, I couldn't figure that one out but uh must have got a better deal or something or, i don't know what it was but uh you know when you get a you get a left tackle from another from a team like lsu uh, that, that really helps you but i'd say their offensive line is comparable to ours and uh you know, Rodriguez is a good back. I mean, Wondell Robinson is a good receiver, but the, the group as a whole, I don't know any of them that have, have as many guys in their rooms as we have in ours. But um, I'm sure that Brent Rollins will probably tell us a little bit more about that because he studies all the grades. But Well, we actually do a, a series on that, and I'm sure Casey KDC, that this person has been a member of our site for the last 25 years. Uh, uh, check out the – when we do the, the grade comparison, we'll grade, we'll grade, have all the Kentucky players' grades versus the Georgia player grades. It's always great to see, and it's funny how much it plays out when you look at uh, hey, Jordan Davis is grading out at you know 85, and this center for you know this team is grading out at 62, and then all of a sudden you just see him absolutely own that guy. You can't you can't hide this stuff, and it's uh, but check that out because it'll be interesting to see. But I'm I'm with you, coach. I think that offensive line is probably the only part that's comparable. Yeah, here's the thing about it, too. I mean, it's not the center's fault that he can't block Jordan Davis. It's not anybody's fault. I mean, it's no. just, you just got to – I mean, it's just a tough, tough deal to uh, go against a guy like that, particularly the guy can run like that. And um, the one thing I would say about our defense that, that really is kind of overwhelming is the way they complement each other as far as their skill set in a scheme. I mean, you have a scheme where you – where you have a three down or four down, whatever it might be. But everybody knows their role and everybody plays their technique. And there's a time where you're going to shine based on the defensive call. And there's a time where you're just going to have to take on a block or you're going to have to play a sign with football and you're going to be away from the ball because you're watching the reverse or you're watching the cutback. But you don't see many busted defensive plays by our defense. They're where they're supposed to be. And you're going to get blocked once in a while, but we don't see a lot of gashes where we have an un- uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody's not in the right gap or somebody's not in the right position. And uh, to me, excellent sign of coaching, but also unselfishness on the player's part and the fact that they, they, they're they not trying to be a prima donna and trying to make plays that aren't there. I mean, uh, they know if they do what they're supposed to, there's plenty of praise to go around. And, uh, you know, when they do make a play, they enjoy it too. I like the way Carter was laying down there after that one and did that little – Thing on the on the yeah, ground, yeah. that was you know he was just I mean because Bo Nix was so uh, salty, the week before you know all those plays he made with his feet and he's very good with it but I thought we did a great job of harassing him the whole game and you know Bo Nix now over three against Georgia as far as even being the, in the ball game I mean they were close there at halftime you know seventeen to three but uh, let me just tell you. Uh, we did it. We we have done a really good job of playing team defense, and that's what the trademark of Van Landing's defense uh, under Kirby Smart. They just where they're supposed to be, and and the same thing I was talking about Nick and, and Alabama. You better have a hot quarterback, and you better have a guy that can make some of those plays like Auburn did. You know the catch on the boundary by uh, Demetrius Robinson or the. You know the catch several times on third down where he just ripped it in there in the on the out route. 
you got to make those kind of plays against a really good defense because you get three more plays if you make a first down or you get a – but we don't give up many big plays. That's what I really like, and we uh, we definitely have a lot of fun knocking people around. There's no question they got a lot of pride in it. For Kentucky, not the whole position group, but I would say top-end running back. Chris Rodriguez is the leading rusher in the conference, and it's not by a small margin. It's by about 80 yards. And so uh, <laughs> is, is Kentucky's running back group as good as Georgia's? Nobody. No, but, but he, he's he a good player. He gets the ball a lot more than our guys, so he must have twice as many carries as Zeus, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot more carries. They don't spread it around as much. So, yeah, it's a sample size thing. What I'm saying is he's a good running back. No question. He could play for us. He could play. Uh, question from John Adams, 88. This goes to what you said earlier in the show, Coach, uh, kind of in regard to the schedule. Would you rather get lucky and duck all the big brands with experience or play them all this year? There's more to this question I'll read to you. Uh, and he says, I am kind of let's go to the perennial programs and knock them out all in one year. Clemson, check. Alabama in the SEC championship. Ohio State in the semis. Oklahoma in the national championship. So I guess the question – do you care who you play once you get to that stage? Yeah, it, it's hard to to really answer that because, uh, you know, you don't know who's going to make it. I mean, Oklahoma's got a good situation ahead of them because of their schedule. Ohio State's got to still prove it. Uh, all of us do. I mean, you know, if we lose to Kentucky, uh, Kentucky's got a really good roadmap into the, the deal because they would have to lose twice for us to get in there, and we'd have to run the table. So, uh, you know, something that, that Kirby said a couple of weeks ago, I said, who, I asked him who he wanted to win between Kentucky and Florida. He said, doesn't make any difference. We got to beat them both, you know, which is right. We do. I mean, that's the way it happens. That's a good point. But, but, uh, but I think, it, I think the, the, the questioner makes a good point. Uh, you, you know, you really want to be challenged during the season where you, your team is ready to go when you go against a really good opponent. But at the same time, uh, I like to I like to dominate. I mean, if you can dominate people, it's a lot easier than having those nail biters. Uh, this is the final question from the dog vent. We may can sneak in one or two from YouTube if we get there. Uh, he would like this is from Navy Dog Twenty Two. Would like some insight onto the punt return and block team and whether or not Kentucky's vulnerable to that. He also wants to comment on last week with Georgia's punt routine. Uh, punt return and block team. He said it looked like that Georgia could have had a punt block against Auburn, even though Georgia wasn't necessarily trying to do so. He wants to know, are there any live cues that coaches give players to tell them, okay, you can go for this, for this block? Yeah, I mean, you, you call a block. You know, you have a predetermined where you're going to attack a gap, and, you, you know, like we did against Arkansas when we had an unblocked person based on their protection. But a lot of it is down and distance in the way the game is. You always worry about running into the kicker and giving a team three more plays uh, with a you know personal foul call, or if it's less than five, just running in the kicker gives it. So you look at that and you look at um, your chance of returning it too. And uh, we've had some good chances this year to take bust them, and uh, our guys do a great job of holding people up and and doing things on the perimeter as far as individual sometimes you you'll say a guy away from the block and you just if you'll just say on the return say hey if you got a chance you can go in there and try to block it you know one-on-one -on -one. and some of these guys think they can block every kick so you got to be careful about that it's like the wolf and little red riding hood or something so you have to be careful hey you can't block it every time so you just got to be careful about having that kind of relationship with your players. But uh, Coach Muschamp uh, doing a good job with that group. Uh, Coach McGee's on the punt return back there with the guys catching it. And I think Kiers uh, has been more of a field general back there just catching the punts than he has actually looking to take them back because we know he can catch it. But hopefully his leg's getting where he can actually take some back now. He's going to take one back this week. I'm calling my shot now. Good. I like that. I'm just telling you. He's going to score. I think the defense is going to score again, too. Here's one question from our Facebook page. Coach, you were talking about the GPS numbers for Georgia players. Rick Martin wants to know, how much weight has Roddy lost? Roddy's got a good GPS right now. He's he dropped, he, he dropped about half a hundred, hasn't he? I dropped uh, 78 pounds. Dang, son. Hey, that just, that just goes to show you. 
that just goes to show you something I've always say when somebody said they're going to try to lose weight. How do you try? <laughs> you, you either lose it or you don't. You don't I don't want to hear, hear I want to try. Uh, hey, you got to be committed, and I guarantee you, I'll give my boy credit. He's worked at it. He walks hard. Uh, he, he watches what he eats, and uh, he looks a lot better, and he feels a lot better. And uh, that's – I would encourage anybody that, uh, that, that, you know, get a good lifestyle there. And, and exercise is great for you. I mean, just make sure. I'm doing it out of spite, Coach. It's all out of spite. I got a 17-year-old son who's starting to get bigger and stronger than me. So, you know, I got, I got to get, get down to my fight weight, keep him in check. Okay. Just like you and Todd, you know, you can't can't have that uh, whippersnapper we'll you, coming at you. We'll give you credit for that. So what else we got? We about ready to come head it to the house here. Got any YouTube questions? Um, that, that was probably <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm sorry give, we didn't get all those. I'll give Ninja the noob. He says maybe we'll get to YouTube if we feel like it. That's totally what happened here. Uh, here's the thing with YouTube. If you ever want to make sure you get our attention, that super chat button is the way to do that uh, to solicit those. We love our YouTube audience, uh, so I don't want to like poo-poo that a little yeah. bit, but we also have to support our folks at UGASports.com. Yeah, one thing I'll say that uh, with Dane and Roddy on the, the way they've done the, our uh, setup and all the way they worked at it, when we first started out, you know, we had very few people on YouTube, now over 17,000, so hopefully we'll keep keep uh, adding people and tell people about our shows. And, uh, you know, I enjoy getting to talk about Georgia just because uh, I'm so proud of what Kirby's done and what uh, our players have done. Uh, you have no idea unless you uh, know the players yourself or have a family member that knows them. We got some really good kids on this team. I mean, they really enjoy each other. And, uh, I've always said you can't win with bums, and uh, we got some really good kids, and that makes me more excited about doing these because I want to strut their stuff for you. I want to tell you what I can that I know about them and uh, hopefully give you a little insight because that's the whole part that I enjoy. Uh, I don't like to get after anybody and say anything negative except on the other teams, which I enjoy doing that. But uh, <laughs> Except when Brian Harson's calling timeouts with 20 seconds to go. Hey, that would that chap my ass. I mean, can you? Do, <laughs> and really, hey, and Robinson, if he looked for the ball, I don't know why. He, I don't know if he knew he's a guy, but I, I applaud Kirby for throwing that ball right there. You know, yeah. the guy keeps calling those timeouts, and you know, I mean, uh, what is he doing? I mean, yeah, coach, I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, and again, I'm the layman. You're the Hall of Fame coach, but what is the 25 point play in football? I, I, I don't remember that one. Well, I, I know he's going to say, hey, we never give up. We want to go to the last second and all that. But then the inevitable is getting ready to happen. And, you know, we're just running our base stuff and running the clock out. And he's calling timeouts. And uh, especially that third one when, you know, we were close. To, I mean, it's only like 30 seconds to go. And so when they went over there, I told you on that watch line, I said, Kirby getting ready to throw this ball here. I mean, hey, <laughs> you called it. You I mean, it's, it's just. Uh, it's really something you got to do to show the guy what are you doing there. I mean, this isn't Boise State, man. Uh, so he <laughs> better be careful and not leave some bad taste in George's mouth for next year. It, it like would have been a really, it would have been a really funny thing if we'd have hit the touchdown pass. I would have laughed my ankles off on that. <laughs> well, to me, it comes down to I know you want to fight to the last second, but when you're 24 points down and it's under a minute, let's just not get anybody hurt. Yeah, we've already lost three, four players in this game. You know, let's just let it let it play out. Hey, we'll get them next time. You know, yeah, I mean, and, and don't and if you're a quarterback, don't start bitching about one pass interference call who was ticky tack when you've you've had your lineman tackling Jordan Davis, yeah, tackling I mean, Trayvon Walker, tackling. I mean, you want to start getting. Don't hey, let the fans, let the pundits, let us bitch about stuff like that. Bo, I know you're frustrated. You've had three games against Georgia. You've only completed 55% of your passes in three years. You have one one touchdown and two interceptions in three That's years. What, yeah, I have to correct you. It's it's let's uh it's not let's let's get them next time. Let's get them the next three out of sixteen times. That's what. Yeah, it is. Well, well, yeah, whatever. But it, <laughs> maybe steps. You know, Georgia's had those. Georgia's been on the wrong side of rivalries like that, and you just got to win one. I remember when. You know, it took forever to beat Tennessee. Then you beat them once, and then you can beat them twice. Then you know you come back against Florida. But point being, just don't do anything stupid and don't say anything that's going to be used against you next year. So yeah, that's 
hey, that's just the way it is. I mean, we're gonna leave on that. We're gonna leave on that. I'd have to say that going forward, uh, I like the direction of our program compared to Auburn's. <laughs> yeah, hey, they're the number one team in the nation, folks. Enjoy it. And we, we mentioned two weeks ago, we said, look, enjoy this team. Don't worry about the end of it. You're, you're number one for the first time since, hell, some of you weren't even born when they were number one last time in the AP poll. But you're, you're number one now. Show up at the Sanford Stadium this uh, Saturday, 3.30. Be loud. Hopefully they win it. How much fun it'll be going into the bye week, knowing you're the number one team in the nation. Heading down to Florida. Big game in Jacksonville. Should be a lot of fun. And just enjoy the season. We're already halfway through it. It just started, and it's already halfway through. So uh, don't let it zip by you with uh, because you're so consumed with worry and doubt. And that's coming from one of the most uh, pessimistic, negative guys out there that you could ever find. So anyway, uh, special shout-out to our friends here at Classic City Eats. Don't forget to come by the Fall Festival on the 23rd, the bye week Saturday, the Truck Retreat sponsored by Athens Ford. Uh, this Saturday, you can always uh, – Visit our friends at Academy Brewing Company. Don't forget our friends at Dead Soxie. Promo code UGA Sports UGA Sports to get a huge discount on all the great socks they have over there. And of course, uh, it's uh, Double Points Tuesday at Europe High. So hit them up with the app. And be oh, and by the way, I have a personal favor to ask. The coach mentioned we're at over seventeen thousand YouTube subscribers. We're trying to get to twenty thousand. I don't know why. I just want that goal. So if you would hit the subscribe button on uh, on YouTube, it doesn't cost anything. There's no fee there. But hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. And if you're listening to this on the uh, Apple uh, uh, podcast app, give us a review. We only have like 200-something reviews. Uh, that's We've been doing this for years. Let's uh, get a few reviews over there. We'd greatly appreciate that as well. All right. Anything else to add, Dane? That's it. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie.